Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 103.1 FM, 91090 AM, or uh, anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. It's uh, 509, 45 degrees, and sunny here at the station in Pittston. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, here, let me let me pull up the data that I'm going to use on this one. Because I, you know, I was trying to hold off on this until the October numbers came out. Now, I'm, I'm being told that the October, October numbers are even more devastating than what I have. But I, I really, they're, they're slow rolling it. They're usually out the day after the end of the month for the NYPD statistics in New York. Now, the White House, and if you've been watching any of the press briefings or watching anything that's going on, anytime they are questioned on anti-Semitism, that's going on across our nation. We're seeing it on our campuses. We're seeing, you know, students being stopped from freely moving, being harassed. We're seeing people rip down the signs of missing women and children and families that have been taken hostage by Hamas all across our nation here. But yesterday it was kind of stepped up a notch. We saw the, the press secretary who uh, every time— she opens her mouth, you just have to shake your head. And she was asked specifically a direct question about anti-Semitism, and she, she answered the question about Islamophobia, saying that it was uh, increasing drastically and we need to do something about it. Well, that's not the question you were asked, but let's, let's talk about that. And then yesterday, Vice President Kamala Harris did a whole diatribe on Islamophobia and that how their new mission is to combat it because it is such on a rise— across America, and it needs to be handled. Again, leaving out the entire part about the anti-Semitism, the attacks on the Jewish population that's going on across our nation that we see day in and day out. So I pulled the hate crime stats. I pulled the biased crime stats, the NYPD hate crime dashboard, which lists by different criterias every single hate crime in New York City, the largest police department in the world. A good metric for the rest of the nation as far as what's going on as far as hate crimes go. Now, you have an equal population of Jewish New Yorkers and Muslim New Yorkers for the most part. So I, I pulled up the hate crime data. And from January 1st until September 30th, there were 155 hate crimes against Jewish people with 55 arrests being made. That's about 35% closure rate. So about a third of a third of the crimes arrests have been made. But 155 and this is again the end of September 9:30 is when this ended. I don't have the data for October yet. They are slow rolling it because I believe it's not going to say what you'd like what the government wants it to say, what they want it to say to support what our what they're saying in Washington, D.C., what this administration is saying. And I'll update this when I get that data, regardless of what it says. But I I'm, believe it to support more of what I'm saying here. So, so far in this year, 155 hate crimes against Jewish population in New York City. 
55 arrests. That's a 35% closure rate, about one-third of the cases. Crimes against Muslims in New York City from the same time, January 1st, 2023 to September 30th. There have been seven with six arrests made. That's 36% closure rate. So 155 attacks against Jew, Jewish population in New York City to seven attacks against Muslims. What is our government talking about when they deflect this to talk about Islamophobia? You know, we uh, I've gone down this road, too, when it comes into, you know, attacks of the LGBTQ community or the, the transgender community, where they say they're, they're under attack. They're constantly under attack. This is just common knowledge, Rob. They're under attack. I see it all the time. And then I pulled it up, and there's like six hate crimes against transgenders in, in New York City. But here specifically, I mean, we're talking about Islamophobia as opposed to anti-Semitism in New York City. Again, a good demographic for the rest of the nation. There's equal, for the most part, populations from the Jewish community to the Muslim population in New York City. You have 155 from the beginning of the year to September 30th anti-Semitic attacks. You have seven attacks against Muslim New Yorkers. It's not even close. And again, if you want to look at the statistics of how they're handled, only 35% of the crimes against the Jewish population in New York have been solved and arrests been made. Where in the attacks against Muslims in New York City, 86% of those cases have been solved and arrests have been made. Out of the seven incidents, six arrests have been made. But this administration, from the press secretary of the United States of America, the voice of this administration, to the vice president, who just yesterday gave an entire speech on Islamophobia and how it's increasing drastically across America. The data does not support that. The facts do not support that. They are looking at you right in your face and lying to you. I've added this to my social media so you can have these snapshots. Uh, it's kind of really taken off on uh, Twitter as well. And again, I'm going to update it when I get October's numbers. I was waiting for October's numbers because I know the naysayers are going to say, well, this war didn't start till October 7th, and it's now, you know, the end of October. It just passed. That's where it's going to drastically change. And it's really... It's it's drastically increased, but the pattern has not drastically changed. Now, I don't have the data yet because they have not updated their dashboard. But I was talking to contacts in the hate crimes office, and they said the numbers for the month of October will be devastating as far as the increase in anti-Semitic attacks since this war has started. Again... Even more so not to support this, but the fact that they came out, just the press secretary earlier this week and now the vice president yesterday, and wanted to push this. I couldn't sit on this data. I've had this data for about a week now, ever since the press secretary mentioned when, when she was asked a specific question about anti-Semitism and totally ignored that question and gave an answer about Islamophobia increasing drastically across America. 
There's just no data to support that. And they are looking at the press corps for the entire United States, the White House press corps, the, the most they were they've been known for another branch of government. They were the checks and balances to make sure people are being honest with the American public. And they all just sat there and go, mm-hmm, yeah. And then you have members of Congress, members of the press, going in front of TV and talking about Islamophobia. Does that mean that we're not happening? I'm not saying it's not happening. Of course it happens. I mean, look at that kid, the Palestinian kid, where his landlord killed him. That landlord's a savage. This should be put in jail for the rest of his life, should face the death penalty. And that's what they want to point. Oh, look at, th look at this, what happened here. It's travesty. It's abhorrent. The landlord was arrested. He should face the most severest of justice. There is zero excuse for that. Again, was mental illness part of that? From what the other people in that place say, and even the, the kid's family says, yeah. All of a sudden, he just snapped and saw this kid as a five-year-old kid as the enemy. Because you have that one little incident doesn't mean you go on TV in front of the American people with the press podium of the White House in front of you and say Islamophobia is skyrocketing across America. We need to do something. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an epidemic. It doesn't mean the, the vice president of the United States, who should know better of what's going on, should have the tune of what's happening with the staff size they have, of what's happening across America with these protests on our college campus. I mean, just turn on the TV, for Christ's sake. Open up a newspaper. A every Ivy League school. They just arrested a, a kid for threatening to slit the throats of Jewish students at Cornell. But they get in front of the TV and outright lie when the data is right there. I posted it on my social media. You have it for yourselves. Save it. Share it. Keep it as a snapshot on your phone so when someone brings up this nonsense, call them out on it. Say, that's just absolutely not true. It's absolutely not true. Here's the largest police department in the world. Here are their stats. From January 1st to September 30th, 155 attacks on Jewish population in New York City. That same time frame, there's been seven against Muslim New Yorkers. It's not even close. And again, every single bias incident, hate crime, is taken seriously in New York. I know this for a fact because we worked on them. That's why they have this complete dashboard which breaks down exactly where, which parts of New York, which times, who, what was the incident, what was the circumstances. I mean, you could look all this up. But to get in front of the American public and just lie because it, it's an agenda. When is enough enough? When, when does the American people say, and I don't care what side of the aisle are, and say, stop lying to us. Just give us the truth and let us figure it out. If they gave us the truth, do you know how much more common ground we can find? Do you know how much less hate there would be between the parties now? If they just told us the truth. They don't. Just this week alone, two of the most powerful people, both just happen to be women of color, the press secretary and the vice president, got in front of the American people and just outright lied to us. 
said, yes, oh, these, these anti-Semitic attacks are, are abhorrent, but look, at this Islamophobia is just skyrocketing. We really need to do something about that. What kind of deflection is that? How does that hurt our communities? How does that hurt these poor kids walking around campus who just want to get a college education that are being surrounded by these monsters that really don't know what the hell's going on in the world, that believe the rhetoric? We really need to do better. And again, if they just told us the truth, think how much more we could get done. It's uh, 420, almost 422 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Hi, thanks, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. This one just in an accident on Route 309 above the airport beltway around Pardeesville. So you're going to want to watch out for that. We have some slowing traffic, 81 northbound through the Scranton area. Coming southbound, you're going to dip below 40 miles per hour at Music. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jerry, Jeremy Luan. Tonight, clear, low 28. Tomorrow, partly sunny, high 55. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 58. Saturday, clocks go back to 2 a.m., sun and clouds, high 60. Monday, some spotty showers, high 60 as well. It's currently 44 degrees and sunny here at 522 at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. 44 degrees and sunny at 527 here in Pittston. After everything I just said, this is the response I get on a text message. Republican leaders are still lying to us that the 2020 election was stolen. That's, first of all, what does it have to do with anything we were talking about? And so what? I don't. I don't think we should be focusing on 2020 election. We should be focusing on 2024. Matter of fact, the Republicans you speak of should be all focusing on 2024 as well. But since that's what you got out of my comment about the data and what's being said to us as far as hate crimes in America, have you ever talked to Stacey Abrams about what she feels about her elections or Hillary Clinton for that matter? I mean, I could play a 20-minute piece of them saying that the elections were stolen from all of their cases too. But again, what does that have to do with the problem we're facing here? What does that have to do with the vice president and uh, press secretary of the United States of America deflecting real issues of anti-Semitism that's scouring America and say that uh, Islamic hate crimes are skyrocketing when they're truly not? That does not support that in any way, shape, or form. That's what we were talking about. I understand you are focused on 2020 election and you hate the guy that was there and involved with it. I get it. But even if a Republican, even if anyone wants to believe the 2020 election was stolen, who cares? If someone wants to believe the 2016 election was stolen, again, who cares? That's what you got out of that? That's where you're stuck in. I I just don't get it. And while you're stuck in 2020 about who says what about an election, which really, at this point, doesn't matter. The election was certified. You have a president there, right? So who cares what someone else says? But while that's going on, the Marine Corps command in charge of the Middle East just canceled their annual Marine Corps ball due to unforeseen operational commitments. 
this news that comes out, especially with our military, you really need to read between the lines and what they're telling you out specifically. The Marine Corps Forces Central Command, which is in charge of service operations in an increasingly unstable Middle East, currently roiled by last month's surprise Hamas attack in Israel, announced Wednesday it would be canceling its annual Marine Corps brawl due to unforeseen operational commitments and the nature of our current mission. A spokesperson for the command, also named known as Marsent, told Military.com after an announcement that the cancellation of the ball was a prudent measure given the situation unfolding out of Israel. Regretfully, and with a strong sense of duty, I write to inform you of a decision that I had to make regarding the Marines Corps' 248th ball scheduled for November 16, 2023, Major General Christopher McPhillips, the commander of Marsant, told, wrote Wednesday, due to unforeseen operational commitments and the nature of our current mission is with great regret that we must cancel this year's event. That should scare and wake you up at the same time. Canceled the Marine Corps ball because of their operational commitments, unforeseen operational commitments and nature of our current mission. Again, you don't need to be uh, read between the line there because the service currently has a rapid response force in the region, the 26th Marine Expeditionary Unit and the 26th MEU. As of last month, that unit has not been tasked with a specific mission, and the spokesperson said that the command's posture in the Middle East has not changed. But the... Major General Christopher McPhillips of charge of Marsant just canceled the Marine Corps ball due to their operational commitments. What intelligence do they have? What's going on? What do we not know? We have two different battle groups, aircraft carrier battle groups in the area. The Ford and the Ike, the Eisenhower. We have these Marine Expeditionary Units in the area and the top general that covers the Middle East just canceled the Marine Corps ball due to the operational commitments this is the real world this is what's going on while spoiled kids want to protest at Ivy League universities where these what what do you even call them when they're tearing down flyers of women and children who are missing or taken hostage I, I get it what is putting their pictures up in cities in America do, except for bring awareness. And that's exactly what it does. They want the American support for their nation being attacked. And that's exactly what this was, an attack on their nation. There was no occupation. The only thing going on was Hamas lobbing rockets year after year after year, targeting civilians and anywhere those rockets could fall in Israel for decades. They invaded and they killed women and children indiscriminately and then took hostages. Still have hostages, but yet they want ceasefire. They want aid. Turn over the hostages and we can talk about those things, all of them. Have the civilian populace turn on their oppressors, which is Hamas. 
It's uh, 5.33 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 5.39, 44 degrees and sunny here. Well, we have some legal updates across the board real quick before we go back to traffic and the weather. So yesterday on the House floor, former Speaker Nancy Pelosi got served with a subpoena as a third party for a criminal court case. It turns out that uh, it appears to be the case with her husband, Paul Pelosi, on his assault. But she was required as a witness by both the prosecution and the defense. Basically, she was notifying the House that she has been subpoenaed officially, and that's done on the House floor. So at first it was unknown really what it was about, but then more and more came out. Basically just said she was being subpoenaed as a third party, which means you're a witness to something for the most part, if you know what you're listening to. And it turns out to be the criminal case for her husband, Paul Pelosi, who was assaulted in their home. It's interesting that she's being called as a witness because she wasn't there when this happened. She was in Washington. So it'll be interesting to see what she's being called by both the prosecution and the defense of the individual who assaulted her husband. Um, the other side of that legal coin, the judge in the Marlago Trump classified documents case is signaling that she may postpone the trial on those classified documents. Nothing set in stone yet, but there's been back and forth that the uh, prosecutors, the U.S. attorney, has been taking their time setting up uh, the skiff to where the defense for Donald Trump can review the documents. It just was set up just, I believe, two or three weeks ago, and they're saying it's been months, and now they're just getting around to doing that, and they need proper time to you know, review these documents and look at the discovery. So the judge, for the most part, agreed with them and said that it was uh, improper for the U.S. Attorney's Office to take so long to set up such an area for them to review these things, but did not say one way or another, but signaled that she may postpone that trial. So those are the two legal things, one on Nancy Pelosi being subpoenaed as a third party for the criminal case that appears to be the criminal case for her husband, and Donald Trump's case of the classified documents from Mar-a-Lago possibly being delayed. It's uh, 541 here at WILK. And thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. There is an accident on Route 309 near the airport beltway before Pardeesville. So it will be where that accident on 309 Hazleton area. Also, uh, we have a little bit of slowing on 81 both directions between Scranton and Pittston. No big deal, however. There are no reports of any other accidents on like 81, 80, 380, 84, or 476, the PA turnpike. That all looks good to go. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the... uh... Storm Tracker 16 forecast by meteorologist meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, clear, cold, low 28. Tomorrow, partly sunny, high 55. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 58. Sunday, clocks go back to 2 at 2 a.m. Sun and clouds, high 60 later in the day. 
Monday, some spotty showers, high 60. It's currently 44 degrees and sunny here at 542 at your official weather station, WILK. The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins are home for a pair of big contests this weekend. The Pens welcome the Hershey Bears on Friday at 7.05 p.m. It's the team's first Eyewitness News Fan Friday of the season, featuring $2 domestic drafts from 6 to 7.30, courtesy of the PA Prostate Cancer Coalition, and a post-game autograph session featuring a pair of Penguin players. Then the Pens are home to face the Belleville Senators in their lone visit to NEPA this year. Tickets for both games are available online at wbspenguins.com by phone at 570-208-7367 or at the Mohegan Sun Arena box office. Go Pens! Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 547, 44 degrees and sunny. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security. Just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. I just pulled up the airnow.gov. That's where we were seeing, you know, if our air was bad or the smoke was coming down from Canada. It appears that all the Canadian wildfires are now out. I guess they got their snow cover. They do usually get it early. But the entire Northeast is in the green now as far as air condition. Air quality, I should say, not air condition. The condition of the air. Air quality. But it also shows where the fires, where the entire northern tier of Canada was pretty much on fire. It's no longer. Now most of the fires in uh, our nation are out in California or the Midwest. Uh, and in the South. A bunch of fires in New Orleans, Mississippi few in Florida, but for the most part, the the smoke should be gone for the foreseeable future, and with all the, the land that was burnt in northern Canada, I don't see it being a problem for the next couple of years, but who knows, they could surprise us. So this uh, where DoorDash orders surged 24% in the third quarter, helping to narrow the delivery app's loss. DoorDash said revenue jumped 27% to $2.16 billion, which was ahead of the $2.09 billion analysts were expecting. Total orders grew 24% to 543 million orders in the July through September period. Is I don't get the whole DoorDash thing. Do you guys or gals out there, listeners, use it at all? I, I mean, I don't even get regular delivery up by me, like a you know pizza delivery or a Chinese food delivery or whatever store. You know, they have their own delivery person. I guess I could get DoorDash because you're paying for it, so they'll go anywhere. Never used it. Never used it once. As a matter of fact, for the entire time I've lived here in the twenty years that I've lived here. I don't think I've gotten a single delivery from a food location. And again, I'm in rural. I'm a rural far farm country, so there there's nothing close to me. But are we that lazy as a as a populace as the citizenry? Are we that lazy where we're doing it? And I know they're doing it if you want to I just saw, heard an ad on the the other day. If you want to ship your package, instead of bringing it to a UPS facility or bringing it to a FedEx facility or whoever you use for your shipping, instead of dropping it off at one of the locations or calling them to come pick it up, 
you could call an Uber to pick up your package to bring it to a shipping location. I mean, how lazy are we? I mean, then you look at the obesity rates and everything going on in our nation. Is is this one of the reasons why? Is, is things just too easy? Are we are we too lazy? I mean, I know my wife has just gotten into uh, our supermarket, has an app where you could do your shopping on an app. You pick all your groceries, you pick everything you want, and when you get to the supermarket, it's waiting for you. You walk in, you give them your name, they give you your bags, you walk out. I, I would imagine they, I, I wouldn't imagine, I know they have people then who go around and shop for you and get your things. They, they're store employees. I mean, are they getting them from the ones who used to be at the cash registers now that they're all self-service? And that whole thing's a, a mess. You think they would tweak the scale that weighs the bags to the scanning machine to what you had pre? Because if it's offset just a little bit, you know, you have to call the person over anyway. And then they stand around. And then when you walk out, you know, especially places like a Walmart or something like that, you know, they look at you like you did something wrong. Like, oh, we got to check your receipt. Do you got anything? Or obviously Sam's Club. You know, they scan three random items in your cart and your receipt to make sure they match. Listen, if you didn't trust me to do it in the first place, you should have scanned them. I'm fine with that. Matter of fact, I don't want to be doing it anyway. I chose a career where I didn't want to have to do that. But for DoorDash, I mean, 543 million orders from July to September? Are we truly that lazy? And again, I've never used DoorDash. I don't know. I have friends who use it, but they live more in a suburban environment. I mean, I I don't even know if I'd trust someone delivering my food like that, unless it was an establishment where I knew, like my, my, my neighborhood pizza place where I know the guy or girl delivering, where I know the people there. You know, you order that, where DoorDash, you're just getting some random dude or dudette bringing your uh, food to you. And then you see all the horror shows, but it's, I guess it's being used to jump 27%. In the last quarter, 24% in, 27% in revenue, 24% in usage. Their orders. I just, uh, somebody texted in, now DoorDash states up front that if you don't pre-tip the driver, you may have to wait longer for your delivery. I know an Uber driver who makes uh, 4000 a month locally. People are lazy. Is that just for driving people? I, I mean, I get the Uber thing. You know, you're working as a taxi. I, I get that. But is that Uber Eats? Is that Uber driving people around? And believe me, I know, I, I know people in some touristy areas that, that made a fortune. As a matter of fact, Annapolis, before I left, you know, there, there was quite a bit you, know, you have to put the hours in and work but there is quite a bit of money to be made as an uber especially in a, a you know a coastal town like annapolis with a very touristy town like annapolis where i mean you have a guaranteed you have st john's college you have the united states naval academy there it's uber eats okay making four thousand a month locally from uber eats and i have seen i've been at places that, where to take out food here in dixon city or around our area where some Uber or DoorDash drivers won't take certain meals because there is no tip assigned to it. 
I guess that's a thing now where you have to pre your tip and people can choose what they're going to get. Rob, I see some DoorDash shoppers at Wegmans. I wouldn't want them to know where I live, let alone handle my groceries. Yeah, just random people like that. But I guess, and you know, I don't know. Like I said, this new app that my wife uses for our supermarket. You know, it's our supermarket. They're all neighborhood kids who work there. You know, the managers and the people who work there kind of know you by name at this point. You know, it's kind of a local, our local grocery store. So, you know, the local kids, not that we specifically know them, but they, uh, they're doing our shopping when we do this grocery app thing, and she just picks it up on her way home from work. And they've been pretty on point as far as everything. Every once in a while, there's an issue. But anytime you go back and say, hey, this is what I got, this is what I didn't get, they're, they're fine with covering that. So I guess it's similar. But, I mean, I just don't get that. Like I said, I don't get regular normal food deliveries. I can't order a pizza where I live and have it delivered. I can't order Chinese food and have my Chinese place that I get my food from deliver it. They don't come that far. And But I'm specific about where I want my food from. Rob, several stories on the Internet that expose over 30% of delivery people sampled the food. <laughs> and that's the tip thing. No way. Yeah, I, I've seen those as well. And that would, that's why, you know, made-to-order food that's hot in a tin, you know, dipping your hands in for some French fries or something. But, I, I mean, I see it all the time. People order, hey, I want McDonald's. I'm just going to have a, I'm going to door dash it. All right, so you're paying $26 for an $8.99, you know, meal? Yep. Don't feel like going to McDonald's myself. I don't know. I just... Not my thing. So, I, I, you know, I saw the DoorDash, and what jumped out at me is, God, how lazy we are as a, as a people, where DoorDash is delivering five and a half million, uh, f 550 million meals and, and up 24% in this last quarter. But I guess we're doing okay if people are willing to pay all that. It's uh, 556 here at WILK. We'll be back to shut down the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Well, look at that. I think I uh, pretty much got to everything I had on the schedule today. You had a Steelers game, huh? Somebody mentioned that in a, a text message, Jake. You got your Steelers hat on real quick before we go. What's the what's the deal tonight? Pittsburgh Steelers, Tennessee Titans, 8-15 on Amazon. Kenny Pickett is playing after the rib injury that he suffered Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Will Levis for the Tennessee Titans. It's a second start in four days. And I think the biggest one of the biggest things as far as the Steelers go, Cam Hayward is back. And... Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel pretty good about Pittsburgh's chances tonight. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Got to contain Derrick Henry. Got to contain Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans. And we'll see how much of a difference it makes. Matt Canada is going to be on the sideline instead of the press box. But, yeah, I feel pretty good about Pittsburgh tonight. All right. Well, I got a text message asking me to ask you. So now I did my due diligence. It's uh, almost 6 o'clock here on WILK News Radio. That's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show. Remember, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, we're going to have Commander Kirk Leopold, the former skipper of the USS Cole, to give us some great information. God bless. Be safe. We'll do it again tomorrow.